This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians of one of our Sunday afternoon talks. For more downloads, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org.uk or join us in person at our meeting room on Moorgate in Ormskirk every Sunday at 1.45pm. We hope you enjoy the talk. Well, good afternoon, every, everyone. Thank you for coming. Uh, it is easier for us to understand uh, the truth when we look at the life of people and the Bible. And sometimes we are looking uh, ourselves in the mirror and we are reminded how many times we have failed and then we think, how am I going to, to put this right? And with this in mind, we are going to study the life of King David. David's name appears 991 times in the Bible and in 969 verses. The life of David is very important to refer only on one occasion. Because, because there is so much of David's to refer in, in, in David's life we can relate to. And his time on earth, David was a shepherd, a musician, a songwriter, a poet, a warrior, a fugitive, a king, a saint, a sinner, a lover, an adulterer, a father, a husband, a success, and a failure. In each of these situations, David had he come across in life, he struggled in the same way that we do today. David is the young shepherd who killed a giant. Yet he fell in his own lustful impulse towards a woman. He is the king who killed thousands of men, including the husband of a woman who was carrying his child. David's life was not all success. He experienced bitter failure, and yet his life was ultimately a glory to God. And how that could be? King David to the throne of Israel in about 1013 BC. He was in the middle of the three important kings during a period of history called the United Kingdom. The three important kings were Saul, David, and Solomon. And to understand God's calling of David, we have to go back 40 years before the calling of Israel, first king Saul. The difference between Saul and David was, Saul was the people's choice, and 40 years later, David would be God's choice. Let's take a look at a point in Saul's life that made him lose his leadership and caused God to think of David. This will be the beginning for the life of King David. Come with me to First Samuel chapter 15. First Samuel chapter 15 verse 2. Thus said the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and smite Amalek, and utterly destroy all that they have, and spare them not, with the slight both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. And then we come to chapter 9, so verse, uh, verse 9 in the same chapter. But Saul and the people spare Agag, and the best of the sheep, and of the oxen, and of the fatling, and the lambs, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile, 
and refuses that they destroyed utterly. Saul said, I have performed the command of the Lord. As he, he blames the people. Some would make it clear to Saul that partial obedience is not considered by God as obedience. And we can see this in verse 17 in the same chapter. And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, was thou not made the head of the tribe of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. And the Lord sent thee on a journey, and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore, then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but this fly upon the spoil, and this evil in the sight of the Lord. So, for the moment, stood with his original excuse, and we can see that in verse 20. And Saul saying to Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and have brought Aga, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took the spoil, sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God, and guilt God. Not so, you did not utterly destroy the Amalekites. You spared the king of the Amalekites. Half-hearted obedience is a big sin. God in the end rejects half-hearted obedience. And we can see this in, in verse 26. And Samuel saying to Saul, I will not return with thee, for thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected thee from being king of Israel. So makes a vain attempt at repentance, but he proved too little too late in verse 28. And Samuel saying to him, The Lord hath rent the kingdom of Israel from thee this day, and hath given it to a neighbor of thine that is better than thou. That neighbor will be a young boy, still at home with, parents in, uh, with his parents in Bethlehem. David by the will of God, because of the disobedient attitude of Saul, will be the next king. As we look to the life of King David, we need to think, what is God looking in us? Or what does he like to please God? The difference between the life of David and Saul gives us a good picture of what, what uh, God wants from us. Both kings, at times, Disobeyed. Yet one was accepted and the other rejected. But why? Some years after the death of King David, God made a statement about David that will clear up this mystery. Come with me to First King chapter 14. And verse 7. Peskin chapter 14 verse 7 Go tell Jeroboam tooth said the Lord God of Israel for as much I exalted thee from among the people and made the prince over my people Israel and rent the kingdom away from the house of David and gave it thee and yet, yet thou hast not been as my servant David who kept my commandments and who followed me with all his heart to do that only which was right in mine eyes David was not perfect by all means, but the right attitude and desire was there. David wanted to do everything right. He did not always 
do it because he was weak like you and me. One of the more familiar stories of the Bible is the one of David and Goliath. It's a story of a shepherd who put his faith on God. He says a story about young man, be prepared. And you can see this in, in the battle, uh, which was uh, in Psalm, one, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 17. We will not look at this chapter, but, but you can look and you own time at home. We can imagine a mountain with a two large ba uh, valley between the mountains. And you have in one mountain the Israelites, and in the other you have the Philistines, and both come to battle. The champion warrior came out of the Philistine camp. His name was Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. That's about nine and a half feet, feet uh, tall, and it's about 2.9 meters. Goliath was covered with the best armor. His armor weighed a massive 148 uh, pounds, which is about 67 kilos. Goliath had a shield which was carried by um, one of the Philistines, and his spear weighed 17 pounds, seven and a half kilos. Goliath wanted the Israelites to send out the champion to fight, and this will decide the battle. When the Israelites hear this, they show themselves to be cowards. They were very, very afraid. Then David came in the picture. David, the youngest son of Jesse, went to the camp of the Israelites to carry food. As David come, came there and greeted his brothers, Goliath came forth and mocks the Israelites as he had been doing for the last 14 days. Each time Israel trembled in fear. Then David volunteered to fight Goliath. David says, let no man courage fail, I will fight. David said, to, said that Goliath will end up like the lion and the bear, because he had defied the army of the living God. What a well statement that was. He knew he had the Almighty with him, and David was armed for the battle. Saul put his best armor on David, but David was not used to the armor and took it off. And then David, he took his staff, a slingshot, and fight a smooth stone, which is gathered from the brook in the valley of Elah. David battled Goliath, and then one was victorious. So, David fought for the Lord. David has seen how all of Israelites were afraid to fight Goliath. But Goliath had defied the army of God. He needed to be taken down. All fighting for the Lord was not always done in a physical battle. There are many great men and women in the Bible who were willing to fight for the Lord. Noah fought for the Lord, even though he and his family were the only righteous one left on the earth. Abraham was willing to do whatever the Lord required of him without question. John the Baptist literally lost his head for fighting for the truth and morality. Paul fought for the Lord to the point that he was stoned and left for dead. We need to fight for the Lord, just like these great men and women of the past have done. And you can see that in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32 to 40. You can see that sometimes. Great men and women of the faith went through great troubles and fighting for the Lord. They were stoned, tortured, put in prison, and even suffered death. And we need to be like David who fought for the Lord, even when nobody will then David put his truth in the Lord. 
Lack of truth on God was the very reason that all soul army were afraid to meet Goliath in battle. David trusted in God and was willing to fight the remarkable task. David has trusted in the Lord before and he was not let down. Without truth in God, David would have been just like the, any other Israelite. And David trusted in God and his clearest is seen in Samuel chapter 17. We need this same type of truth today. We need this type of truth in times of difficulty. And as it says in James chapter 1 verse 2 and 4. My brethren count all in joy when they fall into diverse temptation. Knowing that the trying of your, 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 your faith worketh patience. But let patience have a perfect work. That ye may be perfect and entire wanting nothing. And in verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried he shall receive the crown of life which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. We need that truth, truth God over men. The Israelites were put in truth in themselves and therefore were afraid. Man will let us down, God will not. Come with me to Psalm 20. Psalm 20 verse 6 No, no, uh, now no, I, that the Lord saith is anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Save, Lord, let the king hear us when we call. And in Psalm 7 and verse 10 says, My defense is God, which saveth the upright and heart. David was called a man after God's own heart, because of his faith, faithfulness, devotion, and God desired us to have the same heart as well. And in George chapter 2 and verse 13 says, Unrend your heart and not your garments, and turn unto the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of a great kind, kindness, and repenteth him of the evil. Now come to David the sinner, and his knowledge of his sin. David wrote about his own sinfulness in Psalm 51. The background of this psalm is David's sin with Bathsheba, and we know the story. David committed adultery with Bathsheba, and she got pregnant. David couldn't seduce Uriah to sleep with her, so he had Uriah killed in battle. This psalm was written after David realized the gravity of his sin. It reflects his genuine repentance of the heart of David. And it teaches us a value lesson about repentance also. In Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 it says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. No one is so big or important that they, have, that they can't be touched by sin. God forgive when we, when we repent. And David begins with an acknowledgement and request for mercy and forgiveness in this, in this uh, chapter. Our forgiveness depends upon God, mercy and long kindness. And in Psalm 103 and verse 3 says, He hath not dealt with us after our sins. Nor rewarded us of after our inequities. 
For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his love, loving kindness towards the, them that fear him. And we can remember the story of uh, Jesus about the publican that smote his bread and said, God, be merciful to me, I am a sinner. And David then moved into acknowledgement of his sin. He says, I know my transgressions. To be forgiven of sin, we must first know that we have sinned. And John leaves no doubt in, in 1 John chapter 1. Come with me to 1 John chapter 1. And verse 8. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have no sin, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. He acknowledged this, he said, he says to God, Against thee, the only have I sinned. And when we sin, it's a, a spiritual relationship with, with God that hurts. And Isaiah chapter, chapter 59 and verse 1 says, Behold, the Lord's hand is not certain that he cannot save, neither is ear heavy that he cannot hear. For your iniquities have been separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from us, so that he will not hear. Sin affects our emotion. We feel guilty, regret, remorse, pain, sadness, anger, and other emotions. Davis expresses how deeply he felt of these emotions. Sin is sin because it hurts. It hurts God, it hurts others, and it hurts ourselves. David then briefly acknowledged the remedy for sin. God wants truth and wisdom in our hearts. Why? Because knowing and understanding truth will prevent us from sinning. And in Psalm 119, verse 11, Thy word are laid in my heart, that I may not, that I may not sin against thee. And then David come to appeal for forgiveness. David, David asked to be washed. Under the Mosaic law, Esau was used with the blood and the diet of atonement. And ceremonial washing were also required for ritual cleansing under the law. David metaphorically calls upon this thing and his prayer as a symbolic of forgiveness. Today, the blood of Christ atones up for us through the washing of baptism. And in Matthew chapter 26, verse 28. For this is my blood of the New Testament, which is set for money for the remission of sins. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Then Peter saying to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. They be asked to hear joy and gladness. Joy is the proper response from knowing that God has forgiven David has God to blot out his sin and not to look on them. He wants God to not remember his sin, but God remembers sins. Unless we repent of it, it will remain written. 
Repentance of confession will result in God's removal of our sins. David has for a clean heart. He wants a heart that is no longer troubled by the guilt of sin. He wants a heart that will be counted as righteous before God. And David asks for good God's continued presence. David asks for salvation from his sin. It is that from which we need to be saved. And in Acts chapter 26 and verse 20, but declared both to them on Damascus first and in Jerusalem and throughout all the countries of Judea and also to the Gentiles that they should repent and turn to God doing works worthy of repentance. And now we come with uh, David when uh, adjusts his attitude and he promised to praise God. But the penalty for David's adultery was death. But the Lord did not require David's life. Come with me to Second Samuel. Second Samuel chapter 12 verse 13 And David saying to Nathan I have sinned against the Lord And Nathan saying to David The Lord also hath put away thy sin Thou should not die David reasoned to sing and praise So do we all And Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 15 By him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. David promised to give true sacrifices. Physical sacrifices were not what God truly desired. In Osea chapter 6 and verse 6, For I desire goodness and no sacrifice, and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. And in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 4, For it is impossible that the blood of bulls and God should take away sin. David interfered for the nation, but the king's sin affected the nation. God told David that the nation would be divided because of his sin, and David's sin led to an armed conflict with his son Absalom. And in 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 11, Behold, I will rise up evil against thee at thy own house, and I will tie thy wives before thine eyes, and give them unto the neighbor. And he shall lie with the wives in the sight of this son. But thou this it secretly, but I will do this thing before all Israel and before the son. Our sins are not without consequences. What is that God is looking for in men and women today? God is looking for people who will give him the whole heart. David went into the battle prepared. We know that David trusted in God, but we still see David collecting, collecting five stones in a step of one. David wanted to make sure he was prepared. God was David's armor, but David still had to do his part in preparing himself. And God always wants us to do our part. And we are in a battle today. And we must prepare ourselves Put in the whole armor of God. Come with me to Ephesians chapter 6. <clears throat> Ephesians 
Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armour of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand thereof, thereof having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feast sowed with the preparation that the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the seal of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fear, uh, fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. We get the armor through a study and apply the word to our lives. And in First Samuel chapter 17 and verse 45, Then say David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword, and with a spear, and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. Most of the Psalms within the book of Psalms are written by David. And in Psalm 27, in verse 4, One thing have I desire of the Lord, that I will seek after, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire of his temple. David's heart was a heart that acknowledged his sin. He appealed for forgiveness and changed his attitude. David provided us with a priceless example of the relationship that God requests to have with every man. Let us remember about David, the mighty man of war, the psalmist of Israel, the man after God's own heart. David gave us a great example of faithfulness. Are you ready to fight the Goliath of Jodai? or the Goliath of sin, or the Goliath of the false doctrine. Believe with all your heart, repent of your sin, confess Jesus as the Son of God, be baptized for the remission of your sin, then you will be victorious like David was. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, information about what we believe, and details of our meeting times, go to our website, ormskirkchristadelphians.org. Dot UK. Mm-hmm.